Welcome to Everything Renewed Podcast. This is Wes Morgan. Listen, everyday people operate under habits and mindsets that prevents growth. This podcast is here to address those habits and mindsets and dismantle negative stigmas. We truly believe that if you start with the mind, everything can be renewed. Let's go. It's another day for your mind to be renewed. My name is Wes Morgan, and thanks again for joining in for another episode of The Power of Stories. I hope you have enjoyed past episodes, and if not, go back, take a listen. I'm pretty sure you can gain some information to help you develop a renewed perspective about the importance of stories. I know I took uh, the last week off. I was in Mexico refreshing with my family and just taking a break from life itself uh, to refresh myself, uh, to work on my mind and my spirit, and more importantly, just spend some quality time uh, with my family. So to my guests, thank you, um, I, as I always say, for rocking with me. Uh, it still blows my mind that we have people tuning in um, all over the world, and that's a blessing. Uh, today, uh, the special guest is me. Uh, it won't be a long episode today, but I uh, have been encouraged. My wife has been on my back about, Wes, you need to tell your story. You're interviewing people and allowing people to you know, share their stories and um, make some deposits. Now I think it's your turn. So I'm taking time out today to share a little bit um, really about the importance of evolving. Um, and I'm going to share a little bit of my story, not all of it, uh, but a, a few things. Um, and if you listen to an episode that I did with my brother, we shared um, a few components in regarding um, our upbringing, um, being raised in a family of five and all of that good stuff. But I want to start off by really going back to tell another story. Um, most of you may have heard this story before, but uh, Felicia Rashad, she was working uh, with chat with Bozeman and other Howard University students who were accepted into the midsummer program. Um, she asked uh, Denzel Washington if he would be willing to make a contribution to help these students out so that they could attend. Um, and chat with Bozeman went on TV and said that uh, prior to him, his passing, um, he said that imagine receiving a letter that your tuition for that summer was paid for and that your uh, benefactor was none other than Denzel Washington. And Chadwick Boseman goes on to impact the movie scene, right? Uh, we know he did the Black Panther, Jackie Robinson. It's a lot of movies uh, that he did. But more importantly, watching from the outside in, um, a lot of people made comments about his life, uh, his appearance, but none of us knew his story. It was not disclosed to us until after his passing that he was battling cancer. And of course, the one of the main memes uh, that got a lot of attention was one day, if I'm not mistaken, this can be incorrect, but if I'm not mistaken, he was out going to get some medicine or something of that nature going to the store and someone caught his picture and he looked very frail. And this this image of him went uh, worldwide over social media and um, my language, we say we clowned him, right? The internet talked about him, dragged him, like, what is he doing? Um, nowhere 
did we hear that he was battling. Uh, we did not hear his story. Uh, he did not share. He shared with a few people, if I'm not mistaken, his family, uh, his wife. But information was not shared in Hollywood about his health. And so, unfortunately, he, he passes away. And then all of a sudden, we get the details of this man's life. And a lot of people were was heartbroken. A lot of people uh, really felt bad because um, they put their two cents on his appearance, making fun of him and not knowing his story. I hope you can understand um, the importance of really, first of all, living your own story because you never know who life you're going to impact. So when we look at evolving and what that looks like for a person, um, it really the word evolve just simply means to make something change in or develop on a gradual uh, perspective. Okay, and so if we take chat with Bozeman's life, we see that even as a student, um, I I was even thinking of uh, the importance of others because there are so many significant people a part of this story. Right. We can start with his parents. We can go into how they raised him. We can talk about Felicia Rashad. We didn't even hear about Denzel Washington um, really paying for tuition uh, for their summer camp if it wasn't for Felicia Rashad to tell that story. And once the story was told, when he was receiving an award, uh, Chadwick Boseman went ahead and provided some details to the stories. So the importance of others while you are evolving um, is really significant. So part of my story today, um, I want to talk a little bit about evolving and also about the importance of others. So I grew up in a family of five. Uh, I'm the fourth out of five boys to my wonderful parents, Eddie and Carolyn Morgans. I don't I do not have um, a, a bad story growing up experience, dark horror stories. I grew up in a wonderful home. My parents are the bomb. They have been supportive of me and my brothers and everything we have done. Um, they didn't play. You know, my dad is from down south, so we didn't have options and all of that stuff growing up. But being born, um, I was born um, in a loving home and raised. And I remember um, my first day at kindergarten, believe it or not. Uh, I remember growing up in a township. And uh, at the time uh, when I started kindergarten, we were actually living in the city of Detroit. Um, and yes, the actual city of Detroit, my family did not move out of Detroit until I believe I was nine or 10. We moved on my birthday, on my birthday, excuse me, to the city of Opart, where my parents currently stay right now. But growing up, um, I did not understand why I had to go to this uh, special class. That's how it was presented to me. Uh, I never knew that I had a speech impediment. Uh, my parents never told me. They didn't say anything. They didn't treat me different. Neither did my brothers or my family. Um, if some of you are listening, uh, you will know. Some of my friends will tell you I have a humongous family. Both my dad and my mom comes from a family of 10. Um, and we have a lot of cousins, like a lot, a lot of male cousins, a lot of just a lot of us. And we are we are all over the place. Literally, I can go mostly to most states and I will find a relative that I actually know. So I come from a huge family, uh, grew up in a um, 
in a church um, and had a lot of experiences there. But going back to this speech impediment, so uh, I was raised, did, didn't know I had this speech impediment, but every single day from kindergarten, um, I want to say all the way until seventh grade, I had to go to what um, was called a special class. Now, of course, when I got older, maybe around the fourth, fifth grade, um, they told me it was speech class. But you got to imagine something. Imagine growing up and in your head, you're talking as clear as day. Um, you're not making no mistakes. But imagine looking at people's face and they're looking at you so confused. One of the um, it was actually hurtful gr growing up in our family church because I grew up with my silly cousins and we talked about everybody. So that's how I learned how to defend myself. That's how I learned how to fight. That's how I learned how to play sports was my cousins. Me and my cousins are very tight and they did not mean any harm, nor I would like to believe they didn't even cause any harm because I didn't look at it like that. Even my brothers, they talked about me more than anybody but if anything it kind of built me up so you know me and my brothers to this day we have a dynamic relationship we are we're like twins i talk to my brothers every single day it's not a day that goes by that i do not talk to all of my brothers so with that being said you know growing up and i'm talking to people um and when i talk people are giving me a strange look as though i'm talking in a whole nother language and in my mind, I cannot understand, like, is it my breast? Does my breast stink? Like, why do people look at me like that? Never know, never knew about this speech class. So, or I never knew, excuse me, about my speech impediment. So, you know, fast forward, growing up in church, we used to have to do um, Easter speeches and, you know, Christmas speech and things of that nature. We used to have to stand up and testify. And in the middle of the church, let me tell y'all about my heathen brothers they will have me say the word truck all the time in church. And they'll be like, Wesley, say truck. And I will say what in my head, I thought I was saying truck, but really in the middle of church, I was screaming out the F word. And my brothers was cracking up laughing. And of course, my mother will get up and start beating the crap out of me and my brothers because we were clowns in church. And yes, we did it pretty much like every church service. So I cannot tell you the amount of whoopings that we got right there in the middle of church because I'm in a I'm in a service dropping the F-bomb and my brothers are playing around. And I remember one night my mom um, after church. She uh, she talked to me and she's like, Wesley, stop allowing people to make fun of you. And she's talking about my brothers. And I, I didn't understand it. She has such a serious face, um, a look on her face. And I thought that she was disappointed in me. So um, growing up, I couldn't say certain words. And if you really listen to me talk uh, to this day, there are certain words I still cannot say. Um, I have this, you know, problem saying or enunciating certain words and things of that nature. But I have since learned how to um, use synonyms and things of that nature to um, really explain what I'm trying to say. I use a lot of imagery, even in counseling and things of that nature. So fast forward about the importance of others. I worked with a woman. I still remember her. Her name was Miss Montgomery all the way from maybe 
kindergarten until sixth grade, Miss Montgomery. Um, she was my speech teacher. It was embarrassing going to speech class. And I'm not going to tell you why, because I want to be respectful. So fast forward, I get to high school and I meet this man um, called Bob Francis. Uh, funny that today as I'm recording this, maybe right before spring break, I got a phone call from Bob Francis um, acting crazy on the phone, telling me some of the stuff I was doing in high school and how I called him a few choice words and all of that good stuff. But I want to set this story up. So I graduate. I uh, back then, you know, elementary school from where I was from was K through six. That was the elementary building. And then junior high was only seventh and eighth grade. And we had our own building. So the summer of after I um, finished elementary school, my parents get notified that I was voted to go to this all summer camp to be a counselor, a student peer counselor. But I had my parents had to commit to me attending this camp um, and it was the entire summer. And if I'm not mistaken, I had to uh, miss our family vacation. And my parents thought it would be a great idea for me to go. And the moral that. The takeaway from that experience was that whenever my peers would get in trouble during the seventh and eighth grade, you know, they had called me out of class and maybe some other peer counselors that went through this program. And, you know, we would counsel with the school counselor, our peers, and try to talk to them and give them different skills and things that they can use to do better in class. Fast forward to high school. Um, I... I, I got voted to be into student government, but it was that program that really opened the door for me to be a part of student government. And, and during that time, from ninth grade all the way to my senior year, um, you know, I was involved in student government. So we put on all the programs uh, at the school. But combining all of those things together growing up, I used to have a lot of family members, cousins, friends tell me a lot of personal things. And as I got older, I thought people were telling me things because they knew I couldn't talk that well. So, hey, I was just going to keep it. But the older I got, the more I start I started talking and providing feedback. And here I am, you know, talking to adults about about some real deep things. And I'm in the seventh, eighth grade and giving them some understanding. And all of my some of my family members used to say, you know what? I like talking to you. You kind of wise, you know, to be so young. I never put two and two together. So let's go back to high school by Francis. Uh, ninth grade, he's over uh, the student government. So from ninth grade all the way to 12th grade, 12th grade um, Mr. Francis was over student government. Not only that, he was part of athletics. He was also the gym teacher. Uh, he had multiple roles. So me and Mr. Francis developed a very close relationship um, throughout my high school career. So I used to see Mr. Francis. Our high school was very diverse, had a lot of fights. But more than anything, it was I love my high school. Um, my experience in high school was great. If if I could, I possibly I probably would go back as long as I didn't have to take a test and or do homework. But I had a good time um, in high school. But man, I used to watch Mr. Francis uh, work with a lot of troubling kids and students um, who had different backgrounds. And he would take them in his office. And like five minutes later, 
these students have come out laughing. Now you got to understand that these students went in, you know, ready to fight, full of rage and anger. And then five to 10 minutes later, they coming out happy as can be, you know, playing around with Mr. Francis and they go about their way. This is why I'm saying the importance of others, because I watched him. Now, you got to also understand I came from a family full of men. So I had a lot of people impact my life. So when I graduated high school, um, I was being looked at for football. I had a few scholarships here and there, turned a few of them down, decided to try this, um, try to go to Northwood to walk on. And they asked me, what's your major? And I didn't even know what I wanted to go to school for. And the only thing I can talk think in my head was I wanted to be like Mr. Francis. I wanted to be able to work with students and impact people's lives. So um, I didn't really have a major my first year because I didn't end up staying at that school. I transferred um, to Grand Valley State here in Grand Rapids. And when I got there, they asked me again, what's your major? And I was like, I kind of want to be a gym teacher. And I was just trying to follow his footsteps. And a long story short is, you know, I became my my undergrad is in elementary education um, and I did get a you know certificate to go ahead and start teaching and working in schools and things like that to be a gym teacher. And it wasn't until my junior year of college that I realized that that was not the route that God had for me. Um, I changed my life around. I got involved in church and it came to my attention that I was called to be a therapist. Now, I, I went through that. I'm leaving out a lot of details, but I want to make a few points here because when you look at evolving and even working with others, Mr. Francis has such a huge impact on my life to the point where I tried to pattern my life after him. But just like Felicia Rashad was, you know, pouring into these students, we never knew that chat with Bozeman will be, you know, Black Panther and play all these important roles and impact the movie industry, Hollywood industry like he did. And not just that industry, but just impact people's lives in general. And I'm pretty sure that Mr. Francis had no idea who he was impacting. So if I was to share something with some of you who are listening, don't discredit your story. Right. I I always say at the beginning of the podcast, like it still blows my mind that people are listening to me all over the world. The reason why it blows my mind is because when I grew up, not too many people listened to me because one, they couldn't understand me. And I'll say that again. Not too many people listened to me because they didn't understand me. Now I have people listening to me um, in different parts of the, of the country um, in different states. And yes, to this day, it is mind blowing that now people are listening. So you do not discredit your story, your experience, because you don't know who lives you will impact down the road. That's why evolving is so important. That's why you cannot stop sharing your story. So continuing with my story, I become a licensed professional counselor 
And I really credit Mr. Francis and the importance of him working with different students. He didn't play favorites. Um, he got a lot of students out of trouble. He got a lot of students um, to graduate and he made a huge impact. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm just focusing on Mr. Francis today, um, but I can focus on I cannot tell you, for example, how where I came from, Mr. Jones, who was the athletic director who gave me the keys to the school allow me to be an assistant junior athletic director. I have so many names. My own uncles, my uncle Don, my uncle Charlie, they worked in the school. Um, I couldn't get in any trouble um, because it was, I always had family in the school. I went to a school where my family made a huge impact. So if I did try to do something, I was dead. Like I didn't. <laughs> and my dad. So I have a lot of men. But like I said, I'm just focusing today on Mr. Francis and me trying to pattern my life after somebody. So the importance of following people and understanding that there's someone watching you even when you think you're not. And so here I am thinking like, you know, nobody cared. I, I had a lot of um, insecurities uh, growing up and it wasn't until I met my wife that I actually went and got help for some of those because I literally hated when people corrected me. So when they you know, I might read out loud and they'll, they'll tell me the correct word or tell me the pr correct pronunciation of that word. I got angry. Like I wanted to fight people who did that. It didn't matter who you were. I literally wanted to beat you up because I was embarrassed. And so when I say don't discredit your story, you have to invest in your involved. You have to invest in how you evolve. So, right. For me, investing looked like, you know, my parents had me in uh, speech class. It also, um, investing looked like for me, reading more, learning, listening to books, reading books. I hated reading. Um, that's why I'm a slow reader to this day. It's because of my experience. But ironically, now I have people listen to me. I get paid daily to talk. Um, I'm being asked um, a lot of times to do a lot of trainings. I'm you know, I'm in ministry, so I do a lot of things in church as well. Um, I'm constantly talking and now it seems like I can't shut up. And it still, again, blows my mind that my story and me being me is impacting other people. I don't focus on really the impact. I just focus on evolving. Like I am not afforded the opportunity to stop doing what I'm doing. I have three kids, I have a wife, and more importantly, I have a charge given by God to impact other people's life through counseling. And so I can't stop. So today you probably listen like, Wesley, where are you going with this? Where I'm going with this is that you guys are listening and your story do matter. Nobody can take credit for your experience. I oftentimes listen to people trying to, you know, retell a story and they wasn't even there. They missing points, don't even know the whole the whole story. Don't let somebody else write your story. Don't let somebody else take credit for something you did. And more importantly, something you sacrificed to even become right. I when you look at the news and unfortunately, I'm focusing on Chadwick Boseman and all of the things we had all these people talking about this man and talk about his outfit and he was looking silly and none of us had details on his life and what he was going through. And that's the beauty of storytelling. That's the beauty of capturing the audience and telling people 
who you are and making sure that you point people to the fact that you are evolving and you are becoming. So a question that you can think of today is what are you becoming? What are you doing with your life? Um, How have you shared your stories with other people, your story or stories? You might have multiple. I don't know. And sometimes we take all these bad experiences and we write off our own story. Ladies and gentlemen, your story is so powerful that it must be heard. You might write a book. Um, You might be a motivational speaker or watch this. You might honestly be a janitor. Or you might be another Felicia Rashad, or you might be a Don McNeil, or a Eddie Morgan, or a Bob Francis, or a Dwayne Jones. You might be um, all of my aunties, and all of, you might be someone who work at an airline or a fast food restaurant. It doesn't matter where you start. What matters is the level of impact. So don't ever focus on somebody else's story to the point where you discredit your own. Don't focus on somebody else's story where you discredit discredit your own. Your story matters. People need to hear it. And not only do people need to hear it, people need to see it. You all are so gifted and talented. And it's so much room in this world for you to evolve. So I really want to encourage you today. Don't stop evolving. You have to gradually grow. You have to tap into Um, what I will say, the gifts that God has planted on the inside of you, utilize those gifts, utilize those stories, whether you're a farmer, whether you're an architect, it doesn't matter where you, whether you are an engineer, even if you say, um, a lot like me, or even if you stutter like me, or even if you can't pronounce a word like me, own it, invest in it, but be your true authentic self and don't stop living. Other people are waiting on you to evolve to be yourself. And maybe you, like I said, you might be a Felicia Rashard where you're planting seeds and you don't know the lives that you're impacting. Me and Mr. Francis was talking on the phone and the only thing he kept saying was, wow. It's like, yeah, because I was telling him the impact that he had on my life because he never knew. I never called him. I never told him. But yet I tried to follow his footsteps. But watch this. His shoes didn't fit me, meaning what he became was for him and what I became was for me. So you got to understand that evolving, you need to own your story. Write it down. The chapter is not done. The book is not done. The only time your story will end is when you take your last breath. So I encourage you today to continue to live. Don't give up. Tap into resources and don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed about your short your shortcomings. You all can make fun of me. I don't care. I own every aspect, every weakness of myself. Nobody owns that. So you can make fun of it. Matter of fact, I'll probably laugh with you. It really does not hurt me because I have already done the work to evolve to be a better me. And I'm not trying to be a better me per your standards. I'm being a better me per what I believe God has poured into my life. I have taken ownership of Wesley George Morgan. And I encourage you today to take ownership of who God has called you to be. So I hope Until next time, you have a wonderful day. But more importantly, I hope you grab a pen, you grab a paper, and you sit down and continue to write your story. Go get that degree. 
start your own business. Um, oh, and matter of fact, let me throw this one in here too. It's going to hurt as you evolve. Those shortcomings, yeah, it's going to hurt. Those, those lonely nights, is going to hurt because people don't understand your story. And please stop wasting time trying to convince people to listen to your story. Nobody owes you anything, but you owe yourself everything. Ooh, that was good. Let me say that again. Nobody owes you anything, but you owe yourself everything. So validate yourself. Learn how to pour into yourself. Get help where, where it's needed. But it is time for your mind to be renewed. It's time for you to literally be restored in your thinking and allow new revelation to come to you as you continue to live out your story. So have a wonderful day today. I appreciate you taking time listening to me. Uh, next, I have a few more uh, people that I will be bringing on to share their stories and the impact. And hopefully you can uh, get some nuggets that uh, they will share with you. And that will be the end of season two and season three. We're going right into mental health. So I have some people that will be coming on, um, giving us some insight about mental health. We're going to be looking at different uh, things, all aspects of mental health. So hopefully you will continue to uh, rock with me. Do me a favor. Always um, subscribe to the podcast. You are more than willing to share it, invite this, um, invite others to listen to it. But more importantly, I just appreciate you. So till next time, um, I'll talk to you again. Hey, thanks for listening to the Everything Renewed podcast. I hope you heard something that was helpful and that you can relate to. Do me a favor, like, share and subscribe to the show. Remember, start with the mind and everything can be renewed. Until next time, stay fresh, stay cool and stay renewed.